Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. I'm joined by my co-host, Craig McDonald. Welcome back, Craig. Hello. Yes. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Don't know if it's always a pleasure, but, you know. Of course, it's a pleasure for you. What are you talking about? It's a great <laughs> pleasure having me on here. I'm so also today, mostly modest. <laughs> today, we wanted to talk about, I said to Craig, what are we going to talk about today? I said, let's do one on protein. So I think, um, you know, a lot of women when they join our program, you know, they haven't really tracked their food before. And when they do start tracking, they find that they're really under eating protein and overeating fat. So we thought we'd just do a really quick, short one, protein 101. Um, You know, what is protein? Why is it important? Why is it important if your goal is to optimize your body composition? So more muscle and less body fat. Why eating high protein when you're dieting is good uh, to retain lean muscle mass. So just all the basics of protein, how to work it out. Um, and then some tips to, you know, hit your protein goals every day. So let's, I guess, um, talk about protein. So protein is one of the three macronutrients. It has five, four, five, four, four calories per gram. Come on, kitty. And fat has nine. So carbs and protein have four and fat has nine. Um, and, I guess protein is important for liver to, liver function. So you need a certain amount of protein so your liver can do its job. Um, it's the building block of thyroid ho- hormone. Um, it's important when it comes to balancing your blood sugar when eaten with carbs. It's needed to build muscle, skin, uh, and hair. And it's also the most thermogenic of all the macronutrients. So mm-hmm. that means, Craig, that you what, burn more energy when you actually eat it to digest it basically. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's it's um, so when we think about uh, total daily energy expenditure, you've got four components, which is obviously your BMR, which is going to be the biggest component. It can be anywhere from fifty-five up to seventy percent, and that difference is going to be depending on how much muscle mass you have. The next is your NEAT, which is your we've spoken about before, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Uh, which is anywhere from about 15 up to about 25%. And then after that, you have the thermic effect of feeding. So basically, uh, every time you eat, you eat certain uh, macronutrients. Each of those is going to have a thermic effect. So protein is going to be about 20 to 30% um, of that particular protein meal that's just going to be used up because protein just requires more energy and more processes to happen in order to to digest it. So it's like 20 to 30% carbohydrates are like five to 10% and fat is like up to 3%. So you can see when you're from a, you know, macronutrient point of view, if your goal is to have a better body composition and, you know, um, retain more muscle mass and, and be losing fat more efficiently, then hitting your protein goal is a non-negotiable and, you know, we've kind of spoken about the importance of tracking and other uh, podcasts and why it's so important. But the, what I generally find when people don't track their 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 intake accurately, they undereat protein and they generally overeat fat. So purely just from looking at that around the the thermic effect of feeding and what each macronutrient gives to you, apart from protein and all of those points that you just mentioned, then Kitty, from a, purely from a thermic effect, you're getting almost an extra no thermic effect from eating fat, but you're getting 
you know, uh, up to that maximum uh, total daily energy expenditure of that component, so much more from protein. I mean, even carbohydrates is only five to ten percent. It's 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 way less than than what actually protein provides. You know, so ultimately, when we're working out calories and macronutrients for people, we've got to work out the calorie base first, then we work out their protein because that's going to be based off your actual body composition, how much lean muscle you have, etc. And then, you know, carbs and fats. Are, well, I mean, carbs just based off how much energy you're expending and fats just kind of fills the gap, really. So you're not nutrient deficient in anything. It doesn't really have the role of what carbohydrates or protein does. So purely from that effect, prior, prioritizing protein has to be uh, at the top of the list because you're just shooting yourself in the foot. No matter how good your diet is, if you're under eating protein, you're just not going to get the effect that you're ultimately wanting. Okay, so let's uh, cover it off importance of protein. And we can pretty much end the podcast <laughs> there, I think. Pretty much what it does. Um, okay, so let's talk about how do you work out how much protein you need. Now, I've heard Craig say this many times, and when I did the podcast with Stan, 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight is a good range. Yep. Now, the only issue is, like when when we talk about this is people who are like quite overweight, like someone who's a hundred kilos. Yes. So if you're like holding a lot of extra body fat, yes. Like you're not going to eating two point two kilos, are you per kilo? So what what what's it? Some have have heard you also talk about your goal body weight. So like if you're a hundred kilos and you want to be seventy, yeah. Then you could use seventy as the yep. Is that is that also yeah, absolutely? That's the yeah. and and the thing is, I think a lot of people can get really, you know, trying to overcomplicate this, but it it really doesn't need to be that complex because the range is quite big, and any answer is kind of right at that point. So it's sort of like you know, like one point six to two point two. I mean, that's going to be a, a a pretty decent variation in the total amount of protein you need to have. But I, I've also had clients eat a bit more protein because they just that's their preference actually like, like it. Protein. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And and for me, from a coach's point of view, I'm like, I would rather help someone design a meal plan that they ultimately can stick to because that's that adherence is ultimately what's going to lead them to the result. So if their ability to stick to it means that they eat a little bit more protein, even outside of that threshold, I'm not really opposed to do that because there's plenty of research to show even up to three grams of protein per day, which is way more than anyone, especially females, would ever. What do you, do you find? Like, I haven't noticed anyone in our program go over like 170 grams. No, no, no. I, I've, I, I do have a couple of clients that are up around the 180 and, and 190, and they're, and, and again, they're the, they're the exception to the rule just because they like eating a little bit more protein. They feel really good on it. Um, their digestion is really, really good. Um, and it, it, it actually allows them to adhere to their diet a bit better. If they go a lower protein and a higher carb, they're actually more likely to overeat and potentially binge. And that's that's just something that's – I didn't start them there. I started them lower and based off their feedback, off their biofeedback and just kind of what they were sort of talking about, I'm like, let's just bump this up. And and because we know protein, because it's, it has that thermic effect, it takes longer to digest. It keeps you more satiated for longer. It's just something that works out. And then in, in the long term, that person or those few people that I do it with, they're like, I actually feel really good on this. I quite enjoy it. And, you know, when I'm looking at a lot of their, their biofeedback, like with the sleep and the digestion, moon, the energy, even their temps and pulses, if those are all things are all good and they're enjoying it, then that's fine. But that's kind of, you know, 
a, a unique situation based off those individuals and what they're providing me as feedback. What do you generally find is the range? Like from what you've I've seen with clients, like it's like 120, 110, 120 up yep. to like 160 yep. seems to be the general range. And then I've noticed you two talk about, you know, why is it then that you might say when someone's in a deficit, so they might be doing a fat loss phase for yes. you know 12 to 16 weeks, then you will decrease their carbs, decrease their fat and increase their protein yes. and their overall calories will come down. Yes. So why is it important to eat a higher protein when you're in a deficit? Yeah. So um, obviously when you're in a deficit of calories, your, um, your energy coming in is going to be lower. And that is just as a result going to put you into a little bit more of a catabolic state. Um, so as you're lifting weights and you're, you know, you're breaking down your muscle tissue, you don't have the energy availability to, um, obviously repair, um, a, a lot of that just because you were in that calorie deficit. So eating a little bit more protein during those times absolutely makes sense because your body is going to be when, like when, um, you're in that catabolic state, your body is trying to find those amino acids and it's going to take it from the muscle that you have. So instead of letting your body do that, if you up your protein and kind of go, oh, well, we've got more protein available, we'll use that instead. You know, that's, that's kind of how that works. Um, obviously, when you're not in a calorie deficit, generally the, the, the extra calories that you're going to be consuming uh, are generally going to be from carbohydrates and carbohydrates have a protein sparing effect. So once you're at, even at maintenance, but anything above that and being in a surplus, if you're eating more carbs, you actually don't need as much protein just because carbs kind of, assume that role a little so, bit more. So it sort of sounds like that you probably set the protein. Like I would know for myself, you know, when we did the deficit, I was eating 160 grams of protein. Yeah. And like now that I'm in a surplus or mate surplus, small, small surplus probably, mm-hmm. um, still keeping my protein the same, but the carbs have gone up. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think, you know, from that point, like with you and, and a few other clients who generally like eating a little bit more protein, like it's actually hard for you, Kitty, and I feel like protein, but also too, because I, to. I also include collagen in my protein intake. So I have 10 grams at breakfast yeah. and I have probably about 10 grams. So 20 grams total. And that's probably another point to touch on that, you know, collagen isn't a complete is it doesn't have all the, um, it's a complete protein. It doesn't have all the nine essential amino acids. Does it, it doesn't have the, well, it doesn't, sorry. It doesn't have the amino acids required for muscle growth. The branch yes, chain amino it's, acids. It's very low in like your branch chain amino yeah. acids, which are the main ones that, that contribute to muscle protein synthesis. So leucine, isoleucine, and valine. It's very, very low in those. So you still need to count it as part of your protein because it's still you don't want more than 30% of your diet, your protein intake coming from it, from it. Yeah, Even less probably. You probably think? less than that. I'd, I'd be more like kind of around 10, 10% to be honest. What's mine? 20 grams out of 160. Yeah. It's close. Yeah, something like that. Okay, again, like it's not not a big deal because you're also having that protein from the collagen with other sources of complete protein, like you're having it with milk or yogurt eggs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it's, it's not too much of an issue. Too much of an issue. And obviously, we use the collagen from a you know digestive perspective, and um, so yeah, but but it's still calories, so it still needs yeah. to be counted. But in, in your case, you know, like as I was mentioning, it's actually hard for you to eat less protein. It, it would actually be. Well, but, but I feel like I think because I don't have like at lunchtime I have like 125 grams of lamb and dinner I have 100 grams of prawns. It's not a lot. And then the rest is like eggs and cheese and milk, Yes, you know, collagen. So it's really quite a wide variety. And I think that's another thing is 
um, you know, get your protein from a wide variety of sources. So eggs, dairy, um, you know, seafood, meat, collagen, don't just eat muscle meats. Yep. Um, 100%. And, you know, then obviously you're also getting other nutrients like calcium, you know, like yeah. they've got yeah. that sort of favorable calcium to phosphorus ratio. You know, you don't just want to eat all muscle meats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, broad spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And eggs, you um, know, like obviously the the meats and the eggs will have the fat soluble vitamins in them as well, and the dairy too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. And since we're on the topic of protein, I wanted to jump in quickly and talk about saturase clean casein. So one thing I find with a number of women in our program, and if you're listening to this, you might struggle with this as well, is you struggle to hit your protein goals. Or, you know, if you're like me, I usually plan the next day of my meal plan the night before. And sometimes once I've put everything in, I'll I'll, I'll get to the, I'll be, be doing the last meal, which is usually ice cream, and I'll be, you know, 10 grams of protein short. So the clean casein is just a really good, I think, protein topper as well. So casein is the main protein of milk, uh, and it is really a convenient, healthy way to increase your protein intake if you struggle or say that, you know, you're not getting enough protein. And it can be particularly useful before bed because it digests so slowly, um, which can help to prevent muscle breakdown through the night and just keep you, I guess, keep your blood sugar balanced through the night. So a lot of our clients, including me, will have a small before bed snack or a nightcap. And, you know, it can be really useful. So you can make things like hot chocolates or, you know, I will stir it into my uh, homemade ice cream or you can make custards, which are really, really yummy as well. And I find it really great to throw into smoothies. So, you know, sometimes I'll just feel like, because it's hot weather, like a smoothie post-training. So I usually have, you know, one to two cups of milk, a tablespoon of the casein and some banana and some honey. And, you know, if you just wanted to grab a quick um, smoothie during the day, it can be really helpful. You can also make a lot of cool things with casein. So one of the most popular recipes in our clean casein recipe book is the chocolate casein brownies. They are to die for. And the good thing is that they also, because of the casein, have a higher protein content. So you've got the carbs, you've got the fat, but you've also got the protein. So sometimes women in our program will have like a casein brownie before they go to bed with maybe a little bit of ice cream, which is so, so delicious. So um, I will pop a link in the show notes as well as a discount code. So you can use Kitty, so capital K-I-T-T-Y-05, and that'll give you 10% off the casein and any of the Saturay products. Let's get back to the episode. I was just touching on before, like your protein amount doesn't actually change when you go, when you're in a surplus or a deficit, because you kind of just stick at that same amount, which is perfectly fine. And, and I mean, you could argue that it's like, well, you don't really need that extra protein. You could put that towards carbohydrates, um, you know, when you're in a maintenance. But like today, surplus, I ate everything. just under 400 grams of carbs. Yeah. Yes, but it's a that, lot of carbs. It's <laughs> yeah, I know, but you also eat a lot of protein. I mean, your calories are, are pretty high now. They're starting to, to, to get higher, but like you wouldn't actually, if you go into a deficit, you wouldn't really need to eat less protein. Like your no. protein just kind of stays static. We'll and and basically we'll all I'm just saying is that that's a perfectly acceptable strategy as well. Mm. You know, like, I think again, it's kind of like working in this framework where, and I know I'm the same, like I, I'm just at 200 grams of protein all year round, whether I'm 
in a, in a mass scanning phase or I'm at maintenance or if I'm, you know, if I'm dining, it just always sticks at 200 grams because with the amount of meat and the, the eggs that I like to eat and, you know, the bit of milk that I have and like the, the casein that I have, it, it's just, it's a really easy mix. And I prefer to just go, okay, I'm in a surplus. I'm just going to increase my potatoes and my rice mm. and a bit more of the fruit that I eat. And then when I'm in a deficit, I'm just going to decrease the rice, the potatoes and the fruit that I eat my actual framework of my my meals per day don't really change that much it's more of a like just adding more of what i've got or reducing what i've got as opposed to really changing my meal plan so going off a little bit of a tangent there but um, i think another another let's talk about ways that you can get your protein in and i think number one is plan ahead like this is where so many women fall down is they plan on the fly so then they get in the day like fuck i gotta eat 50 grams of protein i'm like that you'll always shoot yourself in the foot and you'll be stressed about it so even if like probably something that I do more now because obviously I'm not in a fat loss phase. I'm in this, you know, I'm trying to build muscle now. So (laughs) but like when I did that fat loss phase, I just set the diet and I ate the same thing every day. Like I just didn't even change it because there's less room for error and it's easier. But now I'll still sit down at the start of the week and think about, okay, what are the different meals that I want to have? So usually my breakfast is the same every day and then I have the carrot salad. And then this week I've just been having different soups, but still the same base, but changing the meat and the stock. Um, but then like, you know, I'll have different dinners. So one night I'll have tacos and I have my ice cream. The next mm-hmm. night I'll have chili con carne. So what I'll do is I'll have all the stuff prepped, the fridge, the mm-hmm. night before I'll just go in you know, add the breakfast and the carrot salad, put the lunch in, I've already got it saved. And so I'll make sure it's all planned out the night before, but I've already done some pre-planning and I know that I'm having five meals, my carrot salad and my before bed snack. So I think, you know, don't do it on the fly. Have a think about what is going to work for you. And that could be four equally sized meals. It could be five equally sized meals. It could be three main meals, three snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just want to make sure, I mean, Craig loves it if you have the same amount of protein in every meal, but not everyone. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> but That's if you true. wanted to have three larger meals that had a bit more protein and then ones that had like 10 to 15 grams, that's also okay. But just don't have like meals where you have five grams of protein and then other meals where you have 50. Like try and plan it out and space it out. So I think the first thing is to go, how many meals do I want to have per day? And I, do I want to have even-ish meals or do I want to have main meals and snacks? And once you've done that, then you can just go, okay, cool. Well, my budget of protein is 120 grams. Mm. You know, if I'm going to have six meals and I want to evenly spread them, that's 20 grams per meal. Or if I want to have three bigger meals, you can do, you know, obviously it'd be three larger amounts and um, three smaller amounts. So I think that planning ahead is really key. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, you don't, and like, I think people get so bogged down in the absolute, you know, detail. I think like, obviously you want to eat and fuel your training before and after training. I think that's important. So you can perform and hit your numbers in the gym and then obviously for recovery, yep. but like, it just doesn't matter that much if it's not, I don't think. No, like, I, I, I agree. Like, like, I mean, there is research to sort of say like, you know, to, to get the best stimulation of like a muscle protein synthesis. So basically like, you lift weights, and then every time you have a a, a protein feeding, um, you, you get this spike in um, MPS, and it basically is referring to uh, the anabolic state. And the higher that kind of goes, you know, the more you have the ability to to um, 
build as much muscle mass within that certain amount of time frame. All right. So it's only going to be minimal, but because it's minimal, we kind of want to maximize every opportunity to do that. So it's sort of, you know, when we look at the research, that tends to happen from 20 grams, a minimum of 20 grams of protein and no more after about 50 grams of protein. Now, what does this actually mean in the big picture? Not well, not not all that much. Yes, it technically happens, but it's 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 a smaller detail. Where if I look at someone's meal plan, they're like, "This is what's going to suit me," and I I see one of those meals where it's only like fifteen grams or something. I'm not really going to stress it too much because at the end of the day, which is the most important, is that you're still hitting your protein target. All right, that has to be the number one thing, and it just makes sense if you're having, you know. Um, you know, uh, 150 grams of protein that spreading it out over the day absolutely makes sense. Just so you, you're getting it because it's, it's not going to be fun trying to have, you know, 70, 80 grams of protein. That's a pretty decent sized steak, um, you know, uh, or, or whatever it is, you know, at one meal and that, you know, from a digestive perspective, it mightn't always be that fun. So it's just, it's a sensible approach to kind of spread it evenly over four, five, six meals. But as Kitty said, you could do it where you have more even meals, or you could do it where you have like three big meals and like two small snacks or three small snacks, small snacks if you want to have um, six meals a day. Like there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what's going to work best for you. To be consistent. Because I think consistent. people can get so bogged and, and down. Be able to, yeah, be able yeah. to hit that target by the end of the day because it's you hitting those targets consistently is what's sending the signals to your body going, okay, we've got this much protein, this much carbs, this, much, this total many calories coming in every single day on top of you know the steps that I'm doing and the training that I'm doing and the sleep that I'm getting. This is the result that I'm going to see at the end of the week. And then you can look at that result and then you repeat it again and you can start comparing those results week on, you know, week one, week two, week three, and then you, can, you start to see the trends, which is ultimately what you need to see. So it's the micros of you know, having four or five, six meals a day, whatever you choose, you know, having a reasonable protein spread throughout those days mm. so that you hit your target and it's hitting that target day after day after day. And then looking at it week after week after week to see what those micro wins are actually doing. That's what's ultimately going to accumulate for you to actually see the trends and go, okay, I'm eating the right amount of food for for a muscle gain phase or I'm eating, you know, I need to be eating a little bit less because my weights are not going down if I'm in a fatless phase, whatever it is. But it's, it's that accumulative effect of just planning ahead, making sure I'm, I've got my food ready and hitting those kind of targets. So don't stress the small stuff too much in terms of how much I'm getting on a per meal basis, even though there is a technical, you know, um, gain from doing it, but it's going to be so minimal for the vast majority of people probably listening to this who are just, you know, gen pop, you know, or aspiring athletes, not like legitimate you know, stepping on stage bodybuilders, you, you probably don't need to. What go do you there. mean? I'm, a, I'm an aspiring athlete. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't get bogged down. I'm just, I'm just do the basics consistently. And it's like, are you actually adding weight to the bar in the fucking gym? You know, like people can get so yeah. worried about the meal, the nutrient timing. It's like, you haven't, added any weight in the last six months i'm like who gives a shit yeah like yeah. it's it's yeah, your, pro, your protein timing then is not going to yeah. make much of a difference right the, the, you know like you, you have to actually be breaking down the muscle tissue and, and creating that stimulus to then use those protein feedings to create the adaptions right but if you're not training hard enough to actually warrant 
any adaptions to be made towards yeah and you just you can see so many women like we see them comment on our posts like oh i'm not making any progress and then craig will ask some questions about their training and oh i'm not training consistently three days a week i'm not tracking my food and it's like are you trying to worry about these insignificant things that don't even matter when you're not even doing the basics it's like focus on the basics first then you can get into the as the craig cox called them the nuances yeah, because well, that, I mean that's the thing. Like you look at it, the hierarchy, like that those little one percenters are uh, at the top of the pyramid. They're not. They don't make up the, the foundations. But the, the the foundations are the meal prep, the mm-hmm. <laughs> the actual going. Well, here's the food that I've made. I'm actually going to fucking eat it. Mm. You know, and then that's based around a calorie range, and that's based off, you know, a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats per day. Like these are all the things that have to go together to, to make, to actually warrant you even thinking about those nuances. Mm. Um, Cause most of the time, those nuances, you can't actually measure, you know, like I said, like, yes, there's research to say that above 20 grams of protein is going to give you the maximum muscle. To, you, you, no one can tell that stuff. Mm. You can't feel that. You can't measure that. Right. You have to be in a lab where they're doing whatever they're doing to actually, you know, work that out. I can't actually remember how they do it, but like those things are not, the be or end all but i think it's a sensible approach to kind of go well if i'm doing this properly i've got 150 grams of protein i need to hit per day how many meals do i want to have well based off my schedule five seems to be good okay cool if i get 150 and i divide it by five how much is that protein per meal okay it's this all right yeah but some meals i like to have a little bit more okay cool increase them what does that leave you with it leaves me with these okay cool what's the difference okay it's this amount of protein okay cool make up those snack meals based off that like it should be a very you know like a sort of sort of sensible approach to that it doesn't need to be overthought too much well thanks very much craig i hope that oh, was I hope... Yeah. no problem <laughs> I, hope I hope everyone enjoyed that and yeah. uh now you're a bit less confused about protein yeah. and obviously we're just talking about being consistent and doing the basics so hopefully it'll hammer that home and you'll go discipline, away and... discipline <laughs> discipline equals freedom it does it really does um and as always please guys um rate and review the podcast so you can rate and review every episode if you've rated and reviewed before you can do it again um take a screenshot of the episode and share it on instagram 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 (laughs) jesus i just trained um instagram stories and tag me at k-i-t-t-y-b-l-o-m-f-i-l-d and then you could go into the draw to win a tub of saturated premium collagen so each month I pick someone who shared and they get a tub of, um, of the collagen. So thanks again, Craig, for, uh, you know, sharing your knowledge with us and uh, we will chat to you in a week. Goodbye.